Hi everyone! Alright, so I haven't done one of those videos in a while and the reason why is, actually to be honest with you, is because I was subconscious. And you would think, well, what is virtual subconscious about? The thing is, is actually was because of the coronavirus. And I'm going to explain myself. So the thing is, um, because of wearing the mask, I sort of started to develop you know, an analogy to the mask and actually you would see that my face is a little bit still red, actually, and I've been sort of fighting uh, this for two months and I was so subconscious, like I didn't want to sort of, you know, doing photos and videos and actually still disappearing a little bit. Uh, I still have a few marks here and there, but I remember the very first time I had it, it was awful, like I had like here and it was red and it was purple and I had like um, I don't know how you call this like 3d effects on my skin and I was so like so scared about it and I thought well maybe I should you know treat it so I went to the ER actually and um, you know you know first I went to the pharmacy and then going to the doctor and it was scary you know because when you um, don't know if you have COVID or not and you have to go to the ER and the very first time you go there it's like wow I mean what am I supposed to do when you know in a different country and it, it, it is scary and therefore when I went there I explained my case and I said to the ER doctor you know what I had a irritation on my skin and I feel scared about it because you know it's so visible and what should I do and the doctor actually calmed me down and uh, well first of all I have to say I had to wait three hours there which was insane because usually when you go to your doctor they take care of you and when you go to the ER for the very first time in a different country and you know having to speak the language about the problem and explaining what you have is uh, it's kind of tough I, I would say this I'm gonna say it's kind of it's quite tough and so I went there and I explained you know you know what I have a um, you know, harsh um, marks on my face because of the wearing the mask and what should I do? And she said to me, well, don't worry, calm, calm down and it's going to be okay. And so that's what I did. I calmed myself down and I uh, followed the doctor's advice and, um, you know, that's what I did. I mean, I followed their advice and I sort of thought to myself, well, you have to take care of yourself and you have to... Um, you know, follow the advice because really when, when I did this for the first time I was like, well this is scary, you know, you're wearing the mask 24-7 and especially because I'm a teacher also and as a teacher I have to wear the mask literally from 7 in the morning when I leave my house till 9 when I go home and you know, I'm teaching 4 or 5 hours in the morning and then the same amount and even better in the afternoon and so wearing the mask literally for 10 or 12 hours, that's what produced the marks. And I told my friends about it. Um, and I even had to, you know, go having dinners and meeting my friends and stuff. And they sort of thought it was okay. And I thought myself too, I mean, I cannot stop leaving just because I have a few marks on my face because of wearing a fucking mask. But at the same time, I it took a toll on myself and I literally had to face that fear of gosh my entire life in a way I was living with um, being the face of 
things like uh, magazine covers and doing lookbooks and going on casting as a former model and you know as a photographer you have to meet clients and when you're doing this um, in between conversations and you you know have a coffee and you have a drink or stuff and you literally have to take off your mask and so I was like so freaking subconscious about it and I know I told my friends I was fine about it but two months later when I still have to you know wash my face twice a day and wearing this soap and then putting the mask nightly mask thing uh, before I went to bed um, it is a preparation and so that's one of the main reasons why I decided actually not to uh, do videos or do photos of myself for a while because I was very subconscious about it and now I know it's still a bit red but it, Listen, you, you have to believe me. It was so much worse. The very first day I had this, I literally have like marks up to here and purple, red. It was scary and I had like infection underneath my mouth and it was like, oh my God. And I know it's not glamorous and I usually talk about glamorous things and I love to talk about fashion and all the things that I love. But still, I mean, I wanted to share this with you guys. Right, so after this way too long explanation about you know why I felt the need of not doing videos for a while I wanted to share a few things uh, that I just happened recently so as you know uh, because of um, the launching of my fashion line I decided to reduce the number of issues of the magazine because Cool Korea was produced every month and it was so much work like you know going after models to the agency then talking to photographers worldwide and uh, writing to modeling agencies to ask if this or this model will be available and also you know looking for stylists and going to showrooms myself and going back and it was a mess and um, well, the pandemic happened more or less in the same time when I was sort of converting myself as a designer and so I thought well this is not a problem I guess um, we're gonna reduce from 12 issues a year to four and those four issues are gonna be much more prepared and I'm gonna have way more, more time to work around the editorial stories and you know thinking about the specific interview that and the people that I really wanted to have for the magazine and uh, yeah so that's that's what the idea was and so I launched the first collection as a designer, which was more about the futuristic side and it was more edgy and um, still wearable pieces. And I do wear myself, but uh, not your usual catalog, um, Michael Kors kind of thing. It was more on the edgy side, like Yoshi Yamamoto and uh, D-Square and my favorite Korean designer of all time, Junji. Um, yeah, so my idea behind the line was to create something futuristic yet wearable, but very exciting for the people anyway. And afterwards, I created a line of swimsuits and we also did the lookbook with uh, my team. And now I'm actually designing the second collection for the ready to wear. My, frankly, my main idea was I wanted to, you know, participate at the fashion designer at Fashion Week. Uh, but the pandemic happened and so in this moment I don't know what the plans are going to be and I do know friends of mine here in Madrid who are designers and they're facing problems, you know, economical problems because when you're launching a brand and you don't have a physical store or your showroom cannot be open 24-7 or at least with a normal time 
for the press and buyers and stylists and designers who want to collaborate with your brand, then it is a problem because you cannot move your brand around. And posting a few photos on Instagram doesn't help boost the sales. It is in a little bit, but not completely. Therefore, I'm just focusing on designing, just focusing on having fun myself and, you know, uh, picking up the fabrics and literally drawing the, the designs and going with my seamstress about uh, what the line is going to be and the colors and the shapes and um, what we want to produce. At the same time, um, so this is one of my first projects that I'm working on. The second project is the magazine, as you know. Uh, now we are celebrating nine years. I, I just, I mean, it's so surreal to me. I mean, how could this little dream that I had when I was 12 years old become this multi-company where I literally, you know, work my ass off to produce this quality magazine. So therefore, when I created the magazine uh, nine years ago, the idea was, oh, we're going to do this um, together and I'm going to look for the photographers and I'm going to look for uh, the designers and picking up the interesting faces of models that I feel could actually represent my vision of fashion for you know, the future. And that's the second project at hand. Although, to be completely honest with you, as a photographer, I'm quite bored at the moment. Um, you, you need to have this inspiration. Sometimes when you, um, when you start thinking about a project, you literally have to think, is it going to be interesting for you? Will you find it fulfilling? Uh, are the readers, are the people who literally follow you and read the magazine, will they find an inspiration with what you do? And my inspiration when I started was I wanted to create something that was reflecting of me, my, my ideas of fashion and the designers that I really respect and the collection that I love, the accessories of the season that I wanted to portray and recommend to my readers. And yeah, in a way, the magazine is... It's like a reflection of who I am and, and, you know, what I feel men in the future who are edgy and cool and relaxed and just still have this kind of element of luxury and avant-garde um, want to dress as. So this is the second project. My third project is actually coming up tomorrow. This is a project that I've been working 10 years, literally. Uh, I don't want to talk too much about it. Tomorrow I'm literally going to do another direct video about it so people can know about this. But it's, it's something that... Um, it made me think. It made me think about why I like photography, why I wanted to become a photographer in the first place, and why this or that photographer are actually my role models in, within my formation and why I decided to start this business. And... Um, I think when you think about photography, there is always this thing where there is a separation. You either like fashion for, for women, fashion for men, and within that group, what are the things that you really like? Do you like fashion because it's about the clothing? Do you like fashion because it's uh, a very creative industry when you totally can dream up your imagery and you know publish it on, on film? That was, um, at least for me, why I decided to become a photographer. I wanted to dream and I wanted to share those dreams on paper. I literally, you guys, I'm not even kidding, when I dream, when I go to sleep, 
I dream about fashion. Like I dream about uh, dressing up in the most amazing clothes, and I dream about doing those runway shows that I used to do, and you know, doing casting for. And I, you know, sometimes imagine myself having those conversations with those big fashion designers, or Anna Wintour, or uh, the legends of supermodels that I really admire. I have those dreams, and so when I uh, thought about doing my project, my idea was, are you going to release that dream that you've been working on for 10 years? Do you think you're ready? Uh, is it everything as good as you thought it would? Did you select the pictures? Did you do the shoots that you wanted to do in order to make this project as um, a legacy? And that's truly the word that I wanted to focus on and that I'm going to explain tomorrow further. Uh, but it's truly a legacy for me, a legacy project. Like, if I die tomorrow, if I die in 10 years, in 10 days, and whatever, I will be proud to present this project. Now, I have another uh, project at hand that I can't talk too much about, and it's with videos. It's about... Uh, well, I, I can't say, actually. I wanted to, 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 to say more, but I can't really say more about it. You're going to discover it um, in the future. Anyhow, uh, what else I wanted to talk to you guys about? Well, um, I'm a bit frustrated, to be honest with you. I'm having those conversations and coffees with friends, and I'm having some conversations on WhatsApp, and I'm having those calls, and I don't know what to think anymore. Like, I'm not someone who is going to defy the order or the government's decisions or the police actions. Absolutely not. And I do believe in science, and I do believe that this is an important uh, issue that is touching the world um, at large and we do have to be strong and we do have to take care of ourselves and wearing masks and social distancing and you know using soap whenever we can and not being with more than six people because that's the regulation of what doctors and the world health organization is asking of us and and all of those things in between having said all of that though uh don't you think it's strange? Don't you think it's weird that since March 2020, the whole world is battling this deadly virus and we don't have a virus that has lasted that long, I think, in history. Um, and of course, some vaccines have been developed, although I'm gonna be completely honest, I will take the vaccine once it's, it's uh, done and when we get access to it. But I do believe that a vaccine done in less than a year is not going to be as effective as other vaccines that usually take a decade to make. So I don't know um, how to live up life thinking, you know, one day we might die about it. Or one day my mom, because of her age, she's 67, uh, could face horrible conditions because of that. I'm, I'm really, I'm tired. I'm tired because... You know, you're going to work and you have to wear this fucking mask and, you know, I have had this harsh reaction on my skin because of it. And um, people died worldwide and families have lost their jobs and it's awful. And I know so many people, even friends of mine, close friends of mine who actually lost their jobs because of COVID. Uh, economically, we are all touched with it and by it. And I don't know, I think... 
we need a break and the sort of break that we had over the summer was like a fake break because we knew we thought because of summer because of temperatures because of respecting the guidelines of the cdc for a few months from march to june that it was going to be okay but it's not and the proof is in the pudding we are still facing this threat uh, a year after the virus has been released and uh, I don't want to bore you guys too much about it because I guess we all hear about this virus 24-7 and we, we, we hear about it on television and on social media and with our friends and colleagues and at work and with our families. But I'm still, I still want to uh, warn us all about this. I think we need to be grounded. We need to relax. Um, but we still have to take things with a grain of salt. How long are we going to face this threat? Are we uh, going to um, live with this forever? And I'm not even kidding. I, I think most of my friends are disillusioned about this. They truly believe that over the summer in 2021, we're all going to have a vaccine and we're going to be able to travel again and we're going to be able to work as, as usual. And I, I strongly don't believe that. I do believe, however, that we're going to have to face and fight this virus for, again, another year or two or three, or maybe like in Asia, not to be pessimistic about it, but in Asia, people have been wearing masks for decades and it's part of their day-to-day -day life. And I do believe that we can face the same situation. I don't know. Um, also, this week, I have been quite tired and, you know, because I have had a lot of work and um, think... This is also the thing that kills us now, I and mean, at least it kills me now, that we have had to face the horrible snow condition in Madrid. So we're not working and now we have to work again and we had online classes, but now not anymore. And because of COVID, sometimes maybe over the next few weeks or months, we are going to be confined again, like in France and part of my family. And maybe not. And it's this constant back and forth that I have huge problems with and I know um, you want to believe that it's going to be okay and we have to be optimistic about it and I don't know sometimes I'm, I'm tired sometimes I just like what are we going to do about this um, but anyway that was just my two cents about this you know being tired and having to um, keep a bright face when I talk to my students about this or my friends or when my mom asked me are you okay and and I'm like, yeah, I'm okay, but I'm, I'm, I'm really um, exhausted about this whole circus of horrible news, horrible death, and we have to work online today, and tomorrow we're not going to work online, and it's like you never know. And so, but anyway, um, I'm going to stop talking about COVID and all of that. Now, uh, what I wanted to talk to you guys about is my passions, and one of my passions, as you know, is fashion. The other one is languages. And the third one that I do believe I've, I've been like, <laughs> was born on this world to do this is to literally watch television series. I'm a freaking addict. Like, I'm not even scared about saying it. And I feel like I'm, also, I'm actually almost proud to say this. I love watching TV series. Like, I, I could be watching TV shows my entire life and I'm not going to be bored. I know some people are scared because they they feel that they have to stay at home and they cannot 
do anything else, but I do love it. I mean, recently I watched the French TV show on Netflix called Lupin, uh, which is fantastic. And the funny thing is that I've talked to all my friends about this and I told them, you have to watch this and these are the reasons why. And then I started watching Winx. And I know it's funny, I know it's for girls, and usually everybody, every time I say that I've, that I've watched this show, they say, well, but how, why? I mean, can you explain? So from what I gathered, because when I was a child, I actually didn't know about this show. I think it existed after, after I was, um, you know, when I was a teenager and going to university and stuff. And so the show existed, um, it was born in Italy, and um, it's 17 years old now. And the saga that is on Netflix called the Wing Saga, Fate, the Wing Saga something. I think it's Fate, the Wing Saga. Uh, this is like the combination about the show. And I love it. You guys, I really, really love it. I'm actually obsessed with it. The story is amazing. The episodes were like so action-packed. I love this. Um, and they talk about magic and you have this kind of Harry Potter type of world where people um i don't know people love to to know about this stuff i think i think when you watch a show like this you almost feel that you can be part of it and i know not everybody loves harry potter i know not everybody wants to talk about magic but when i watched this show i was like oh my god this is such a good show like and i know this is the kind of things where you have gossip girl and you have those things where it's a bit silly, it's a bit too American in a way, but this show to me is fantastic. Again, you have to watch the promo called um, Fate the Wings Saga, and it is so fantastic. Like, I had so much fun, and I even recommend my sister, she's watching it now. I even recommended my, um, my friends who are at work, my colleagues, and then some of my American friends who I usually talk to. And um, yeah, so now I'm actually moving forward after watching this first two shows on Netflix. Now I'm actually going to watch again some American um, new options that have been uh, uploaded on, uh, on Netflix. And I don't know, I think at the moment, if we do have another confinement, I guess my solution is just relax, just think that it's going to be okay and watch as much as you can, watch as many series as you can on Netflix. That's, I think, my recommendation. Um, when I, when I finished uh, watching my favorite shows as all time, like America's Next Top Model and Alias and The Simpsons and um, what is the other one? Ellie McBeal. Because I, I do this, I do those marathons where I'm, I'm watching those shows for a while and then when I feel like, okay, now I'm good, like I'm a, I remember everything from those shows, that's when I say, okay, now I can actually watch the new shows and that's when I connect myself on Netflix and I start watching the new ones. Um, there is one a Korean show that's called uh, Eternal Class and there is another one, I think, I don't know if it's Korean or Chinese actually, I don't remember exactly. Uh, it's called Ying and Yang something. So you would think it's Chinese, but I, I do think from what I remember that it was actually a Korean show. Um, I kept another one. Oh yeah, you guys, there is one um, like an action TV documentary series kind of thing. Um, I watched season one last year. It was called You Versus Wild. This is so cool. This is so entertaining. It's a show uh, where 
you you follow someone who is an adventure and every time there is something dangerous like he's jumping from a helicopter or he has to face like um an animal a wild animal or he has to do something crazy like the the tv show stops and you literally have a few seconds to choose the option whether you want to do something like on the left or on the right and what you do sort of defines the rest of the episode and so so good and now i just saw there is a season two coming i think it's in february 20 or something uh so cool like i really recommend to watch this show of course you're going to tell me well then if you don't know the name how could you recommend it to us i have to find the name of the show you guys i'm sorry i will uh, after it work write it on my uh, instagram story okay uh yeah but so again um, a lot of shows that I think people can watch. And I know also my, my sister and some of my French friends were joking about this because I was watching um, Inspector Gadget, which is like a silly inspector, like he's a, a police officer and he's always doing silly things and he's never sure about what he has to do. And there's this little dog and he's, um, he's I think he's not his nephew. I think it's his nephew, uh, his niece. Well, it's a woman, Sophie. Sophie is his niece. She's so funny. And um, she's helping her uncle in doing his investigations. Um, and uh, I think it was a worldwide hit. I think a lot of people in worldwide was watching the show. And uh, it's a very strong anime. I don't know in how many countries it was developed, but I know it was in English, in Spanish, I think in Portuguese, in Italian. Uh, it's, it's a good show. Right, so after watching Inspector Gadget and The Winks and Arsène Lupin and um, watching again the, the last season of Alias, I thought, well, Petro, now you can do some other things. So actually, I decided to take um, a new hobby. Uh, well, not, new, not such a new hobby, actually, but when I was in Christmas, I thought, oh, I want to do something special. And uh, I started to draw again. And I remember drawing has been my entire passion when I was a child. I think everybody in their life, they have this kind of passion moments where you feel very attracted to do something special, like doing some sports or watching, going to the movies and being with your friends or hanging out. Um, some, some people like to be with their family, others like to... Uh, play video games. My One of my passions was to draw. Again, I was telling you about uh, myself before when I was dreaming and wanted to be so much in this fashion industry. Uh, but drawing has always been so exciting to me because when you draw, you sort of reveal the part of yourself and you uh, give a part of yourself. It's like what do you have in your imagination? What do you think you can draw? Is it something that you wish you would be? Or is it something that you want people to see about yourself? And um, usually when I'm drawing, I like to listen to some music and I like to, um, I don't know, just relax and I'm taking my time and turning off my phone actually because I don't want to be bothered. Uh, sometimes I like to have some popcorn um, or some something yummy because I like to eat, you know, I like sweets. Although this year I cut very heavily on the sweets. I'm trying to have a good health and I'm trying to eat as healthy as possible. But yeah, so when I was thinking about 
because of pandemic, I couldn't go back to France to be with my family, with my friends. So I was by myself here uh, to celebrate Christmas. And I thought, well, then I can um, do something. I can order something. And I actually ordered what we call in English a light box. You guys, this is so amazing. I draw so much better because my idea at the beginning was I wanted to actually buy the new iPad, but the iPad it was very expensive and you had to, to buy the stylus, the pen, which is also expensive. So I thought, well, no, I have to be realistic and I'm not going to do this professionally. I'm just having a moment where I feel I like to draw. And so I decided to draw and I started drawing my favorite models and then uh, some flowers. And I was following a guy on Instagram called Thomas, Thomas something, I, I forgot his family name actually. And Thomas was selling his um, art books. And so what I used to do is when I was in Christmas, I took the light box and I was drawing uh, on top of the models that Thomas was actually selling. And then I had my own spin on it. I had some flowers and I had some special uh, elements that I feel are representative of what I like. And so starting to draw again made me feel, well, this is me again, you know, because I think people see uh, myself as, I, they see myself as someone who is just passionate about fashion, but this is not who I am. I like to draw, I like to speak, I like to travel, I like uh, swimming and I have many other things that I like about living. Therefore, I always joked when I, when I was a child, my best friend, she knows about this. Um, I think I would have loved to have at least nine lives like cats. I think one life is not enough and I think I would have loved to actually do all those dreams that I have in my mind since I'm a child. You know, I wanted to become a photographer, I wanted to become a model, I wanted to become a teacher, and I wanted to become, um, I don't know, like a professor of some kind of university, and one of my wildest dreams was to become an astronaut because I love space and I love science and I'm really addicted to what is going up there. Do we have other, other life forms in other planets? Do we have contact and I think that's the reason why I'm so addicted to sci-fi. I think sci-fi is like who I am. It's, it's, it connects with me so deeply because um, when you watch a sci-fi movie or a sci-fi TV series, uh, you feel so connected to this kind of world and you see those teams going into space and you see them meeting aliens for the very first time and you see them with the uh, entire fashion attire when they go to meet those people and discovering those new planets. And that's, I think, one of the reasons why I love Aliens, you know, the franchise. Uh, there was also a TV show on Netflix that was amazing that I uh, don't remember the name now, um, that I, I'm actually expecting season two. Uh, and it's a sci-fi series. Um, but yeah, so the idea of me going back to drawing was really special because I think because I was designing clothing and then I was photographing for my fashion magazine and I was teaching, but there was that part of being artistic that I was missing. Like I wasn't doing that. And so I thought, Bertrand, you need to take care of yourself. It's not just about being a businessman and sort of running after your dreams like a crazy person. 
and I thought, well, okay, you love to um, to take photographs, you love to do magazines because visually it's so exciting for myself. I love creating the layouts. I love to picking up the clothes. I love to do it in the castings in person, and that's the creative. Uh, process that I really enjoy and that's one of the reasons why I've been lasted for nine years doing Core Korea. But my most creative original self isn't in drawing. And I I had some memories when I was in um, in a campsite with my family until I was 16. So when I was three or four till I was uh, 16, we used to go to this campsite um, and I was drawing every single day. And I remember my friends, guys and girls, they used to come to my tent when I was with my family. They're like, what are you doing? And I was always drawing. And then they came and we were drawing together and it brings so many good memories. I love that. Um, and then we used to go to the beach and we used to play uh, badminton and with those, you know, beach things, rackets that you, you used to, uh, everybody had. And, um, I had so much fun and so for me um, drawing sort of connects this part of myself when I was a teenager and when I was drawing when I was in college and then at university and then I had to leave it uh, for a while because the PhD was consuming me so so much you know um, it took so much time so that's what I did when I was uh, in Christmas by myself the very first week because I couldn't travel and, you know, be with my family and, and stuff. And now, um, now that tomorrow I'm going to reveal this big project that I can't wait to talk about, that I just, I, I just can't, I want to, but I can't, I'm just, you're going you're gonna to see it tomorrow. It also actually marks my 20th year within the fashion industry, you guys. Tomorrow I'm going to be 35 years old. Tomorrow is my birthday. Please remember it. Tomorrow is my birthday. And I started in fashion when I was 15 and I'm going to be 35 tomorrow. So it's literally been 20 years in fashion. I was a young model. I learned as a young stylist. I became a photographer. I became an editor-in-chief. And now I'm becoming a designer. So thank you. <laughs> So, yeah, for me, this fashion industry is like my second home in a way. You know, I feel that because my whole entire life when I was a teenager was being a swimmer, and I know people were like, wow, I, we didn't know about this. Because my life back then was to be a swimmer, everything that was virtual as, as a person was defined by swimming. I was one of the best, if not the best swimmer of my club. I was swimming every single week, actually three, four or five hours, depending if we had a competition. I was swimming from age four till I was 21. And then I you know, came to Madrid as an Erasmus student and I had to leave it on the side because I was modeling at the time. And, but yeah, my whole life was sports. I was the athlete, I was a swimmer. I was the tallest guy in my class always. I was the only weird guy who was drawing. And then I was very sociable and I have, was, my best friend will say this and I, I hope it doesn't sound arrogant when I'm saying this, but I was actually very appreciated uh, wherever I was. I was, you know, had a lot of friends around and I always had to have fun. People were sort of found me as the clown of the class because I was always making everybody laugh. Um, and then even when I came to Madrid, actually, the people I met from world, I mean, from many countries, they were always saying, Bertrand, you're so funny, you always, 
you know, joking around and I'm like, well, this because this is who I am. I mean, I'm a happy person. I like to have fun. I like to make people laugh. And uh, that's who I am. Right. Uh, so this this fashion industry, um, the passion came after, well, actually in between. I, I was still a swimmer. And when I was 12, um, I saw this magazine cover with Christy Tellington of American Vogue shot by photographer Stephen Klein. And that cover to me was my call to be in fashion. That was my call to uh, get an interest into what the whole world of fashion was. And who was that woman? Oh, she was a supermodel. Who was that photographer? He was one of the world legends. What was this magazine? That was the Bible of the fashion industry. And so that one specific cover of that specific magazine was my entry within the fashion industry. And after that, you know, I became obsessed with Tyra Banks, Linda Evangelista, um, all of those women, uh, Carmen de Fice, and then male supermodels like Tyson Beckford, Tyson Ballou, uh, Antonio Sabato Jr. What was his name? Um, those American models uh, like John Pearson and Jeff, and then those Spanish superstars like, um, you know, John Cortajarena, Oriol, and all of them, you know, and this, this huge icon that, um, um, that I followed. Um, for me, those people, those superstars, Andres Belencoso Segura, were what I wanted to become, you know? I was like, guys, th those people, those superstars, those supermodels, they have perfect bodies, perfect face, perfect life. And then when I was dreaming about being in fashion, that was, you know, my entry. I, I wanted to... That was my standard also, because I think nowadays people don't have standards anymore when they talk about fashion and when they want to become something within the fashion industry. But that was for me, whoa, supermodels, top fashion magazines, legendary fashion photographers. And um, yeah, so that's why I you know, came into fashion. My dream was I wanted to become a model. I wanted to create my own magazine. I wanted to design clothes. and. Because of this whole passion that Vogue and supermodels and top photographers like Steven Maisel and Patrick de Marchelier sort of uh, installed into me, you know, that they, they sort of, they made me feel, wow, this is a world that I want to become part of. And 20 years later, you know, two decades later, I'm still in fashion. I'm amazed. I'm amazed. I'm astonished. I'm in awe. I'm, I'm so excited. Like, I don't know, though, how long I'm going to be in fashion, maybe my whole life, maybe just, you know, another decade, maybe another year, I don't think so, but, uh, but I do love what I do. I do love to be in this field where you can create magic, you can take unknown people and transform them, and that's so exciting, and you can create beautiful pictures that you have in your head, in your dreams, and you make them, like, appear. And people are like, whoa, this is what you dream about. This is who you are. This is what your vision is. Uh, because besides producing a magazine as a, as a magazine editor-in-chief and as a magazine CEO, 
it's not enough. Like I need to take photographs. Like I need to style the people myself. I like to be on the set and create everything. Like I'm, I'm not even excited when I retouch the pictures and when they're published. What I'm excited about is the whole process before it, like a true artist. You know, I love to do the castings and go to the agencies and look to uh, social media and find those interesting faces and then dressing them up and then talking, literally talking with my makeup artist and stylist and hairdresser and assistants and filmmakers and all those people. I love having those conversations about let's create this, let's do this, let's create something special that we're going to remember that we're going to be proud of. And so hopefully, uh, now that I'm, you know, a photographer, a magazine editor, a designer, a drawer, uh, someone who loves to do everything, that I'm going to still be in this world maybe in another 20 years? Who knows? <laughs> anyway, thank you so much, you guys, for being with me tonight. I didn't know how long I was going to talk. I didn't know why I wanted to talk. I just wanted to share with you my latest news and to show my face um, and to, you know, talk to you guys and being in touch again because I love, I love talking as you know. <laughs> I can literally speak by myself and to myself. Uh, yeah, but uh, that, that's, that's it for tonight. Uh, so uh, hopefully you remember that tomorrow uh, tomorrow is my birthday and tomorrow I'm going to be 35 and tomorrow night is the release of my 10 year in the process and 10 year in the making book about beauty in my eyes. <laughs> See you tomorrow you guys. <laughs> Bye.